As you know by now, I'm a big proponent of CBD to tonify the endocannabinoid system. I've found that it helps people relax and can support restful sleep, a real breakthrough in herbal products. The CBD brand that I take personally and recommend to my patients is Plus CBD from CV Sciences, which is now proud to introduce a new innovation. Plus CBD Daily Balance THC-free. Daily Balance is a daily-use supplement that provides the benefits of CBD without the concern of other cannabinoids like THC causing unwanted effects. Daily Balance contains the purest form of hemp-derived CBD in high concentrations to help you overcome intense challenges to mental and physical well-being. All Plus CBD products are backed by science with clinically researched active ingredients. To learn more and to order, visit pluscbdoil.com slash Hoffman and use coupon code Hoffman30 for 30% off. That's pluscbdoil.com slash Hoffman for Plus CBD's new Daily Balance THC-free line of oil, soft gels, and gummies. Welcome to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. Today we're going to talk about a subject that I've touched upon in my radio program and my podcast, which is the mysterious growing gap between the longevity of women and the longevity of men. You know, men, in fact, die younger than women on average. Uh, the gap is usually around three or four years. But unfortunately, what we're seeing is a widening of the gap. It has researchers, scientists, and health authorities concerned because men are taking it on the chin, uh, whereas women uh, may live well into their late 70s on average and into their 80s. Uh, a woman who's 82 has a very, very good chance of becoming a non Men, not so much. Today, we're going to talk to one of my favorite interlocutors, Jim Laval. Jim is a registered pharmacist, a certified clinical nutritionist, and an internationally recognized uh, author. And uh, he's also received a naturopathic doctorate. He has more than 30 years of clinical experience. He's a great communicator. Uh, has worked with uh, sports teams on the NFL, the NBA, MLB, and uh, he uh, is best known for his expertise in metabolic and integrative medicine. He's got an extensive background in natural products, and I could go on and on, but then we would expand uh, this entire podcast because I, I'm looking at your <laughs> Jim. I I look at your at your your curriculum vitae here. And, uh, you know, I could go on and on about your, all your accomplishments, uh, all the books that you've written. Uh, one of my favorites is The Metabolic Code, which I recommend to people because a lot of people, you know, they want an interpretation of their blood tests. And, and you really, that book really fills a need because it helps people better understand the results of their tests. So that's, that's an important book. Um, so uh, without further ado, you know, let's weigh into this topic because it, it's a perplexing topic. And we're going to talk about men's health, not so much from the perspective of, you know, men get prostate problems and prostate cancer. I mean, we know about that. Uh, you right. know, having a prostate is a nuisance, okay? But it doesn't account for the fact that men are <laughs> dying younger than women. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. You know, what's coming out is that not only are men dying younger than women, men get sick more often and more severely than women. So 
you know, obviously there's more challenges to them. And some of that is that, you know, they, they smoking more, yeah, more, more frequent drinking dietary habits are worse, more commonly in men. And then, you know, they'll tend to create more aggressive risk as well. And so all that stuff adds up to, you know, creating risk, you know, like, so when you think of longevity, longevity is about how long do I hold on to my health and create a better health span? And a lot of the things like excessive drinking, yeah, the, the risk of oxidative stress from smoking, uh, the fact of, you know, more, more risk, more stress load, more aggressive behavior, all of that kind of leads and pushes you into that chronic, what's known as metaflammation chemistry that's going to accelerate your aging, otherwise known as inflammation aging. Uh, so it, it's, it's really interesting. And I, and I also think that there is a subset of men who are saying, Hey, I do want to take care of these things. I do want to live longer. I do. I am interested and what I can do for my health. You know, it, it's been said, and, and this is kind of trendy these days, that uh, uh, sex is a social construct and that, you know, there really aren't two genders, that the biological differences have been exaggerated. You know, but as you say, that, you know, men engage in riskier behavior. Uh, they tend to abuse their bodies more. Uh, maybe they're more stressed uh, in their occupations at work. Uh, but there may be some real fundamental differences between men and women biologically. It's actually been suggested that, you know, uh, men have an XY chromosome. Women have an XX chromosome. That's the genetics behind sex differentiation. And it's thought that some of the longevity genes reside on the X. So women get two of them. We poor guys just get one of them. Could that be part <laughs> of it? Well, no, I think, I absolutely think, I mean, if you look at the work, I mean, gosh, from 20 years ago, Marianne Legato and gender-specific medicine studies showed that, for example, women's brains light up more uh, in the limbic system, the security system, after intimate relations. Men have more light up of dopamine, satisfaction. Mm -hmm. Women are more sensitive to fight or flight. While men don't feel the flight or flight, so they're not as anxious, therefore they push harder and take on that chronic stress because they're not as wired to the sensitivity of stress response. And that's why you also see women with more of a tendency of you know, irritable bowel and anxiety because their brain is more sensitized. So I absolutely believe that there's gender specificity that relates to your longevity and your health outcome. And a good example is, you know, estradiol in women. When women no longer have their estradiol, they, you know, more women will die of heart disease than men uh, if they're not, you know, taking care of maybe using bioidentical hormones or trying to neutralize the effects of that. But, but it's a, it's a, it's, I think it's absolutely true that there's gender specificity related to illness and illness expression uh, in men and women. I mean, there's this phenomenon of the the man flu, you know, and, and men uh, are so miserable when we get sick. We're, we're really tough to, to live with. And, you know, a typical woman's retort is, dude, you should try childbirth. Suck it up. 
<laughs> suck it up. But you know, there, yeah, there may really be up, something. Monkey. Yeah, there, there may really be something to this that uh, men can get more inflamed. Uh, men uh, may have uh, a greater propensity to cardiovascular disease, perhaps because they have lower levels of estrogen. That may be part of it. Uh, but it, it may be yeah. sort of a, a, you know, a variety of things, a concatenation of things that make men more likely uh, to take a hit when they're sick. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the big thing is, is, well, what do I do about it? Right. So it's, you know, how do I help my immune system? How do I help my cardiovascular system? You know, what am I doing to manage my stress? Because I think one of the biggest things we find, and I'm, I know, you know, you know, Dr. Hoffman, you've seen this, right? You get that executive who's a high-pressure executive, the executive VP, sweet seat dude, moving hard for 25 years, stops, retires. A year and a half later, they have a heart attack. Yeah. That's kind of like, like the, that like high the, stress for all that years. Yeah, that's kind of like the reverse of, of stress. It's like stress withdrawal. It's almost like men uh, may subject themselves to a lot of stress, but then when the stress is removed, they kind of fall apart. It, it's like the glue that was holding them together. It, it, exactly what happens is the immune system starts to break down uh, 12 to 18 months post the letdown of that stress, right? So it takes time for the immune system to kind of really unravel and create problems. And I think it's, it's all the reason why it's more important that we get awareness up for men. I think mean, to your point, even prostate, you know, men don't get their prostate exam as often as they should. Men don't go get a lab test as often as they should. Maybe that's a part of it, right? Yes. Women are more proactive with their health. Absolutely. They'll go to the doctor. They'll check. They'll get things earlier when they get their blood drawn. Men, are they avoid. They're like, oh, I don't feel that bad. And, well, and you know, it's only, you know, there's only one limb hanging off of me. It's not that exactly. bad. Yet. Exactly. Uh, this is this is the stoicism, yeah. this this false uh, uh, stoicism that sometimes gets men in trouble. So typically, and you know, I know that you see uh, patients uh, clinically, uh, and you know, advise clients. Uh, typically, when I see a woman. Uh, you know, a couple will come and, you know, sometimes they get couples coming in together. Uh, the woman will say, hey, you know, you wait outside because I just want to talk to Dr. Hoffman. And typically I'll see the woman alone. Uh, when the man comes in, the woman says, and the guy often agrees, says, I think she better come in here because she has a better idea of what's going on than I do. And she's going to remind me of right. some things. Uh, and I better have her eyes right. on, on the situation. Uh, so, yes, men, I think, are, are less... Uh, you know, they're not involved so much in the direct caregiving in the family. I mean, I know that's a stereotype, but uh, typically men are, you know, sort of oriented towards the outer world. You know, they're they're They go out and they hunt and bring back the, you know, bring back the, the uh, mastodon meat. Uh, women, you know, right. stereotypically are taking care of the family and the hearth. And so women are a little more attuned to these uh, subtle signs of, of disease. Men less so. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I know, I remember asking my father when he was, you know, we were taking care of him. He was in his 80s living with us. And I'd be like, well, what do you feel? And he'd kind of look at me and fumble around with his words. And he said, I wouldn't really be able to explain how he's feeling. Right. <laughs> you know? It's like, does your belly hurt? Are you, are you gassy? You know, what is it that you're feeling right now? And I think that's exactly right. Is that you know we're we're not as good at articulation. We're we're 
kind of taught, especially in this culture, that, you know, maybe just just work, grind it, don't worry about it unless, you know, you're having chest pain and you're feeling that, you know, you need to get to the emergency room <laughs> or you've, you've been in an accident and you're bleeding out. Oh, I think I better go to the, I better get to the hospital, right? And I, I think that's the, culturally, um, we need to start to change that thought process that, you know, hey, getting, getting checked up is important, especially when men start to get on medications that could be, you know, lowering their bone density, for example. Think of how many men are on proton pump inhibitors, which are acid-blocking medications, mm-hmm. that they're on them for years, and nobody thinks that they're, uh, you know, their bone density would be low because they're a man, because we think of little silver haired, blue eyed, short Caucasian women or Asian women are the only people that have osteoporosis. And that just isn't the case anymore. That we have a lot of men showing up with that problem because, you know, because of the stress, their testosterone is dropping out. They're on medications for their, you know, for their uh, stomachs. They're on a PPI. And now all of a sudden they're not repairing their bone density. And so three in 10 cases now of osteoporosis have become men. Yeah. So, I mean, what it argues uh, for is a bit of a cultural change uh, that, uh, you know, we're not talking so much about some of the what are often characterized as toxic masculinity traits. But, you know, I think one of the the, the toxic masculinity traits is is a form of self-toxicity, uh, not so much, you know, like, a, you know, abusive relationships or uh you know, wife battering, you know, the most literal forms of toxic masculinity, right. but the toxic masculinity right. that causes men uh, to uh, get sick and die earlier. I think it's sort of, you know, like inwardly directed uh, <laughs> toxic masculinity. I think we have to take a page right. from our uh, female sisterhood uh, to kind of realign our, our attitude towards our towards our health. Absolutely. I mean, I think it's incredibly important. And, you know, and it's going to, you know, and honestly, when you're looking at for the men that are listening, there's some key things that you need to look at. I mean, one is, you know, how do we keep your immune system strong? And the other, of course, one of the biggest is, you know, how do you regulate your blood sugar? Because when you're under stress and you're not eating right, your blood sugars are going up. And when your blood sugars go up, you gain weight, your blood vessels get plaqued. You know, you, you know, your, your body doesn't, make energy as efficiently and and all of a sudden you're a man and you're 55 and you get what I call the whatever syndrome, right? The test is low, the energy's poor. It's like, hey, let's go to a ball game. Nah, that mean I'd have to get in the car. I'll buy the tickets. Yeah, well, but I got to walk into the stadium, you know? It's like, I don't feel like doing that, right? The whatever syndrome, right? Uh, it's, it, and I think that becomes more and more common is men, they don't realize that their mood is being influenced by these alterations in hormones, the alterations that because of the foods they're eating, how it's affecting their blood sugar and their stress hormones. You know, in addition to that, you know, that learned behavior of, you know, as you said, you know, characterized by kind of toxic manlyhood, right? Uh, so I think all of those things really add up and, I think there's some things that they can do and there's some things they should consider taking uh, in addition to, you know, how to adjust for their lifestyle. You know, I think that it, it's sometimes considered by men somewhat a feat 
uh, to be concerned about diet, uh, to be concerned about uh, alcohol consumption, uh, to be concerned about uh, taking supplements. You know, that's kind of like for the ladies, but I think we need to, uh, you know, get past that uh, and, you know, adopt some of the things that, uh, uh, you know, many of our, our, our spouses and, you know, women in our family are, are advocating. The other thing I see, and I think you probably see this too, is that we tend to outsource our health. We tend to just sort of plow ahead. I have uh, men coming in to see me uh, and I ask them, you know, what supplements are you taking? And they go, I don't know, you know, my wife prepares them, uh, you know, just ask her. And I think it's very important that if, when you're taking supplements, that you recognize what you're taking and what it's for and that you take responsibility for it. Because I think that's part of the healing process. You can't just simply take something that's dished to you uh, and and really appreciate uh, the benefits. And I think it works better that way. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I think that, um, you know, men will spend more time picking out their next 85-inch TV than they will <laughs> understanding Absolutely. what their lab values mean. Yep. Right. I mean, it's like, you know, the, the focus there of, hey, what's the next uh, driver I'm going to get because I play golf or, you know, there's but there's not that understanding of here's the foods I need to be selecting if I want to have a chance at living a long life. Here's, you know, here's the behavior. How is my stress response? Am I frustrated and agitated and and kind of barking at my, my coworkers or family, you know, where am I? Cause uh, uh, it's like you said, it's absenteeism. It's like, ah, you know what? Yeah. When I go to the doctor and I, you know, I'm feeling a little bit of chest pain, maybe it's time to think about, you know, getting, getting my, get, getting a, uh, an exam. <laughs> and, yeah. and, you know, and, uh, and that's and like shutting that's the barn that, door after the horse got out, you know, that's, that's not preventive medicine. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I think that's a big, big issue when we think about men's health. And here's the other thing. Yep. You know, there's a women's health category in medicine, right? Yes. There's an actual specialty. Yep. There is no specialty for men's health wow. and, and medicine. That's interesting. That, that's sort of paradoxical. Right? Because, you know, we, live first, in a, we live in a male-dominated right? society, and yet there's more and more attention right? that's being uh, given to women's health. But when it comes to men's health, we tend to think, oh, you know, it's about, you know, your uh, reproductive apparatus. You know, that, that's all it's about. It's about, you know, what's right. below the waist. Right. Uh, and, and, you know, we tend to think, well, that's, that's it. That's the sum total of it. Uh, but there's a lot more that can go wrong. So, you know, for women, we have categories of supplements that are helpful. I think osteoporosis prevention is a big one. We make sure women are taking calcium, magnesium, vitamin K, and, you know, other things that prevent bone loss. Okay, that's a given. Uh, we may use some things for menopausal symptoms. There's a whole raft of things used for that uh, that are, you know, right. women-specific. Are there some things that yeah. men should be thinking about as a, as a general program of prevention uh, that's a little different? Well, I mean, I, I, look, I think for both men and women, but, you know, I think men especially because they get earlier heart disease, they need to think about getting on aged garlic at an earlier age. Kyolic's pretty important because it helps to dampen inflammatory compounds, reduces blood vessel stiffness, so keeps your blood pressure down. So, you know, it's like, hey, we'll all check our oil in our car, you know, we'll get the dipstick and wipe it. But how often do you take a blood pressure? Do you take a morning and night blood pressure to understand if your if your stress is going down at night or is your stress going up? 
and aged garlic's important because it neutralizes and supports the blood vessels so that they stay flexible and pliable and they and they don't tend to plaque when you're taking chiolic aged garlic you reverse vulnerable plaque and that's pretty important so you know reversing plaque helping your immune system that's number one now obviously for men you think about things like saw palmetto pygeum yes. bark specifically right for bee prostate. pollen yep. mm-hmm. specifically for prostate because there's the other thing and it really is weird that we in a male dominated society that more men die of prostate cancer than women die of breast cancer and yet there's full-blown women's initiatives and 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 specialties and the only place where they're really doing this like joel heidelbaum out of university of michigan wrote the first textbook on men's health it only came out like five years ago. <laughs> I know Joel. You know, he's the head of the department there at, uh, at University of Michigan. Uh, and so I think it's really interesting that we have that paradoxic effect of while, you know, a male-dominated culture, we, we're not really paying attention to men's health like we should. And that women, because they put their foot down and they go, we need to be concerned about our sisterhood, right? Women bonding together. Uh, that, 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 that flourished for women's health. I mean, you know, and, and once again, the other piece really important for, for, uh, men to think about is, oh, how am I eating? Am I spiking my blood sugar? Am I living on pizza and chicken wings and nachos and, uh, and onion rings or french fries? Mm-hmm. You know, whichever one you want, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and because that, that's where, when you think about it, that's where a lot of people end up. Right. A lot of men in particular, they end up with, you know, hey, I'm uh, going to the local pub, watching a football game. And, hey, they only have wings and beer when there's a football game. And, you know, nowadays you can get a game almost every night. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, stop. Yeah. It, and, and, it, and, yeah. And for about it's 10 like, hours on a Saturday or Sunday. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so I think that's where it gets really important to dig in change behaviors, and more importantly, use something like Kyolic. You could look at their blood sugar formula or look at their immune formula. These are key things that people need to be, you know, working on while they're changing their lifestyle. Like, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to exercise. I'm going to try and walk for 50 minutes four times a week. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to try... And uh, limit my, you know, my weekend cold beer and a yep. wing fest well, to once actually, a week. That's actually an important you know point I mean? because uh, women are less tolerant of alcohol. I mean, it's it's a physiological fact. They're smaller. Uh, they have less uh, liver capacity to metabolize alcohol. And culturally, men are, are bigger drinkers. And, you know, more and more it's emerging. And, uh, you know, I, I think you've been following the literature. So at first it was thought, you know, I actually had a patient come in. And tell me that they went to the doctor and the doctor said, well, you know, make sure you have like, uh, you know, drink uh, three or four uh, drinks per week because it's good. She, this is a, a person who has heart disease and was told like alcohol is right. going to be good for your heart. I think that that's a myth that's really being dispelled because more and more we're seeing the toxic effects of alcohol uh, altogether. I mean, I'm not. Uh, you know, like carry nation, you know, with a hatchet, you know, trying to, uh, you know, right. wielding a hatchet, trying to, uh, you know, attack uh, saloons. Completely. You know. Right. But on the other hand, uh, I think that 
it we we tend to be too permissive about uh you know pretty you know moderate to heavy alcohol consumption in in men, especially as they reach a certain age and they have less of a capacity. I could not agree with you more. I mean, I think one of the biggest things I see is is uh you know when you when I take you know kind of alcohol intake histories on people, yeah, it's fourteen to twenty drinks a week, uh, mm-hmm. you know, minimum, and in many cases, especially in men. And it, I, the other thing I think is startling is when men stop it for a month and go, you know what? I feel, I feel hugely better by not. Well, that's, that's the idea behind dry just, January. Not, just you not know, drinking is, alcohol. We're right? coming up to that time of year where, you know, people, you know, after the party season, they kind of give it a rest and we actually have a dry January movement. And it, you know, even if you're not planning to, to completely go off the, wagon uh or on the wagon uh it's i i think it's worthwhile exploring that you know what is life like when you don't have alcohol as a social lubricant as a relaxing method uh you know what benefits does that confer yeah and it's something that disturbs your sleep cycle (laughs) yes because that's a you know that's that's one of the big one of the big things that i find is when i have people looking at their yeah, invariably somebody's wearing a whoop strap or an aura ring or a Apple watch. And, you know, it's it's like, you know, oh, you mean your sleep cycle gets disturbed when you're drinking? Got it. Maybe you might want to cut that down a bit and see if you can improve your sleep in that way. You'll have better energy during the day and you won't and you won't trigger as much inflammatory you know, activity in your body. Uh, so it's really, um, I, I think, key for people to get a sense of, well, where am I going with my health? What is my commitment? Like if I'm a man, what's important to me? What do I need to do? So if you're, you know, you obviously need to do yearly, you know, get yearly checkups unless you're, you know, your, you know, your, your doc says, Oh, Hey, your prostate's fine. Your numbers are great. We don't need to check it for a couple of years. Follow those directions. And you got to believe that, you know, one of the top most prescribed drugs in the U S or proton pump inhibitors, yeah. which are acid-blocking medications. And when that's the case, you're going to have to make sure you're exercising to maintain your bone density. You're probably going to have to take some extra vitamin D in order to maintain your bone density. And most likely, your gut's going to break down a little bit because of the change in the pH and the, and, and the stomach, that you're, you know, you're going to have to take in more nutrients a little bit in order to account for the fact that you've got reduced absorption. And so now it's, hey, I'm getting muscle cramps. I'm getting muscle spasms. My bone density is there. I'm starting to get headaches. My back's tight. That's all that stuff that happens. A lot of that's about magnesium. There's a a black box warning on those medications that they can impair magnesium absorption. And we know that magnesium is one of the most important things you can take for cardiovascular prevention, for optimizing blood pressure. I mean, all those things. uh, Jim, let's pause for a few months because, for a minute, because we're going to uh, divide our podcast into two parts, as our listeners know. Uh, in part two, I want to talk about some of the new studies that have come down the pike because uh, you're always very informative uh, about aged garlic extract. Uh, some new studies have appeared even in the short time since the last time we talked uh, earlier this year, and I, I want to weigh in on those uh, because uh, the, the good news just keeps rolling in about the benefits of aged garlic extract for both sexes, but I think in particular for men, I think who are at higher risk of certain things. 
Uh, I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman. Uh, information about uh, aged garlic extract, uh, you can find out about it at kyolic.com, K-Y-O-L-I-C uh, dot com. Or you can call them 800-421-2998. People still use this device, uh, this uh, obsolete device called the telephone, uh, and they call on the phone instead of emailing or <laughs> texting. So we'll give, them, give you that option. Um, the formulas are available at local natural health retailers nationwide, so virtually everywhere. Uh, Jim, stay, stay on the line. We'll be back with more of today's Intelligent Medicine podcast. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman.